0: Aquas Kelly, Love and Ambition, A Digital Diary, Friday, June 12th, 2020. The time now is 12.27 p.m. And I wanted to start this off saying 15 years D. What do I mean by this? It's 2020, 15 years ago, was 2005. It happened to be, it happened to be the year I graduated from Piscataway High School, class of 2005. And for me, this is where it all started. At the time, myself and my production partner Lamont started our first musical and entrepreneurial endeavor entitled Made Music Group motivated and dedicating everything to music made music group we missed our Piscataway high school prom because we were in the basement (laughs) making music all summer I got my first job June 30th was my first day June 30th 2005 was my first day working at Home Depot in South Plainfield right home depot 0903 that was the store number 903 south plainfield and i was working in departments 21 22 whoever has experience at home depot knows that or should know that that's lumber and building materials if it hasn't changed i don't think it's changed so for Six years from 2005 to 2011. I was working at Home Depot, just grinding six to three shifts. I did go part time because I was also in school, going to Middlesex Community College. And we're going to walk through this entire journey. So just sit back, relax, listen. I'm going to take you through the entire journey, year to year. And I was at Home Depot for six years. And I was balancing that with my passions and with my visions of what I wanted my future to be. So in September of 2005, still producing, still working on music, I was at one of the first kind of I I call synthesis points where I was in between two worlds right? In between two worlds. And although I was doing music production, going in to Middlesex County College, I just came out of what was called the ACE mentorship program that I was involved in at Piscataway High School. And it was the architecture, construction and engineering mentorship program. A lot of you may not know that growing up, I was heavy into architecture, building, construction, engineering. I wanted to be a construction worker when I was younger. When I was living on 61 Jersey Street in Staten Island, I remember looking out the window, looking out my parents' window, and always asking them, when would the construction workers when would the Department of Transportation, I didn't use that language because I didn't know, but now I know. When, when are the construction workers going to come and pave the street? And I was a young guy asking this. And I remember right before we moved, like literally right before we moved up the street to Harvard Avenue, they finally paved Richmond Terrace. So I would see the trucks going through the street digging up the gravel doing what they do before they lay the tar down and I used to be amazed at that just seeing the truck stationed working in action in motion there was something about that for me still to this day when I look at a construction site there's something about that I don't even know what it is I can't target it specifically but it's something about construction and that that kind of jumps to where I am now with my affinity for building and creating so that makes sense I used to always love to build Legos. so that makes sense so we can tie it together however there's still there's still something that for me is it's like the notion of, of starting from scratch and building something has always amazed me so At the time, 2005, Middlesex County College, I was pursuing construction. And then two weeks in, I'm like, this isn't for me. I didn't want to learn about it. I didn't want to read about it. I loved it, but I didn't want to pursue it as a career. So that's when I'm like, you know what? I really want to do this music thing. So I'm just going to transfer and get my associates in fine arts music. So that's literally what I did. I dropped pre-calculus, whatever classes I didn't need for music I just dropped. And from there, it was literally, it was literally smooth, super smooth. Got A's, got honors, music classes, and I prepared to make the transition to City College. I wanted to major in something that would get me closer to music production, and the closest I can get to music production was an audio engineering program. I looked at William Patterson, I looked at NYU, I looked at City College, and it seemed as though in regards to cost and access, City College offered me the best opportunity. So that's when I prepared to transition to City College and do the Sonic Arts program. And my mother was working in the Bronx at the time. So she was commuting from Piscataway here in New Jersey into the city. So a lot of times I would ride in with her and then come back on public transportation. And over the course of a year or so, I started at City College in January of 2008 because I my last semester at Middlesex was the fall semester of 2007. So from January of 2008 until December of 2008, that full year, two semesters, I was at City College. And my experience overall, I would say, wasn't truly in alignment with what I wanted for myself. I noticed that, and these are the takeaways, I noticed that Being an audio engineer, being a studio engineer wasn't the same as what I truly wanted to do. And it goes back to building and creating. I didn't want to work on other people's songs. I wanted to work on my songs. I wanted to produce my songs. And being in a studio isolated wasn't suitable for me. Uh, Isolated working on someone else's project wasn't suitable for me. I don't mind the isolation when it comes to creating something that fulfills me. But to be in the studio working on something that fulfills someone else is not suitable for me. So I came to that conclusion. And I decided that this isn't necessarily for me. This environment isn't for me. There's more for me to do. There's more for me out there to do. And in making that decision, I decided that it was best for me to come back to New Jersey be closer to home, and then open up my options. So I went from audio engineering to communication because I still wanted to be involved in media. There's something about media for me that told me that this is the platform, this is the space, this is the avenue that can allow me to express my message, whether it's through music or through something else. A lot of times, while conversing with others, while speaking, people would tell me that they can see me as a radio show host. They can see me as someone who works in broadcasting. And I never pursued that, that specific lane. However, as I'm doing this right now, I am literally broadcasting. That's what I'm doing. I'm recording my voice. I'm recording my thoughts, my ideas, my message, my story. This is broadcasting. Podcasting. We've seen the evolution of that over the years. It's like everyone has a podcast now. So I am finally growing into something that makes sense for me to be involved in and be a part of and when we put the pieces together in hindsight we're able to see how everything makes sense so i decided to do communication at Rutgers started at Rutgers in January 2009 and then two years in two years out again similar to when i transferred from what i didn't want to do with construction engineering to what i did want to do with with music and getting my associates in fine arts music happened once again the cycle repeats so literally the same thing I no longer wanted to do music as an audio engineering and then I transitioned to communication and it went so smooth so smooth I met so many great people friends that I still have to this day shout out to Vivica right are you Com classes Shout out to RUNAACP. I remember doing the mentorship program with my boy Eddie at Piscataway High School. I remember sharing a clip of that as well. Shout out to Black Men's Collective, Dries. Shout out to um, Men, Men, Isan, right? President at the time. So many memories, man. So many memories, so many great moments. And I ended up graduating from Rutgers in January of 2011. I walked in May of 2011. And it was, it was great. It was great. So that is essentially my college career, my transition through college. And In April of 2011, I I remember having this written down somewhere, I can't access the notes now, but I felt the need to open up even more. And I feel as though I became more socially conscious in regards to what can I do on a global scale? What can I do to be more involved in the community? What can I do to make a larger difference? And these are all questions that came to me because again, at the time, I was still working at Home Depot, April 2011. I was still at Home Depot because I didn't leave Home Depot until July of 2011. And I just kept asking myself, okay, there's something more out there. I wanna create change. I want to impact the lives of people. What can I do? And about a month later, I remember receiving an email that stated something along the lines of, are you looking to change the world? And this came from City Air. At the time I had no idea what City Air was or what they did. And in doing my research I looked into it and I found out that City Air was a part of AmeriCorps. And essentially AmeriCorps is an organization where they have core members that serve different communities around the country and they have Peace Corps which serves communities globally in different countries and it really suited my interest, it caught my attention, it's like this is exactly what I need. So literally my question was answered through that email. So I shared it with, I remember I shared it with my sisters. I remember speaking to my older sister who passed away, Renetta. Rest in power about it. Speaking to my mother and father about it. And I applied. So they have different different cities that they serve. And on my list at the time, I was thinking L.A. and Miami. And the reason why I was thinking L.A. and Miami is because... Again, I was still involved in music and media, so I wanted to go to a city that offered that scene and, and that access to music, media, entertainment, culture. And of course, when we think of that, it's New York, but I'm already pretty much in New York. I'm from New York. I live in Jersey now. I'm only 40 minutes away. I go there all the time, so I know that market. I happened to go to L.A. in April of 2011 as well for ASCAP Music Expo. Anyone who's not familiar with ASCAP, it's a performing rights organization. And they, I don't even know if they still have it, but they had, if they don't still have, the ASCAP Music Expo. And it's just like any other conference focused on musicians, songwriters, publishers, producers, etc., composers. And I went there and I had a good time. I stayed with my boy Chris, shout out to Chris Jones, he was going to UCLA at the time, and we had a good time, Um, however, I wanted to explore a new scene, I've never been to Miami, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to apply to Miami and LA, but I really want to test out Miami, I want to try out Miami, I, I hear good things about it, I've never been there, it's a lot warmer all year round, it's a warmer place to be, and I'm like, I'm gonna go for Miami. So I applied for LA, Miami. I got accepted. In fact, I don't even think I applied for LA. I think I just applied for Miami. I got accepted. And it was one of those immediate decisions where I make. There are times where as, as what's the best way to put it? As calculated as many people know me to be, There are times where I just make a decision like, yo, that's it. I just feel it intuitively. That's the right decision. Right. So I tend to surprise people at times when that happens. It's like, you know, I make the decision so quick, but that's only because I've had the thought in my mind for so long. I'm able to make the decision quickly. People don't see that, but mentally I've prepared so long. I've taken the different different circumstances into account that I'm able to make the decision quick. It's almost like being an expert at something, working on something for so long, it's either yes or no, right? You know already, it's already, in a way, it's already calculated. So although it may not appear to be, because of the work that we put in, it's already calculated, as best as we can be. Of course, we can't perfect everything. It's not gonna be perfectly calculated. And excuse the noise in the background, because I'm going through Um, I'm looking for this book to share so I ended up looking for notes actually I ended up here we go I ended up going to Miami but before that let's take a step back real quick so I mentioned in April 2011 I asked myself you know what is there to do for me I want to be of service to others and in February of 2011, I remember Cornell West came to Rutgers University and someone may have this on camera somewhere, but I was infamously known to not ask Cornell West questions, but share my thoughts on what I feel we can do in helping to instill change and shifting the paradigm here in 2000. <laughs> And 10. So this was 10 years ago, a decade ago. And I have three bullet points. I'm going to have to share this on social. In fact, I have three bullet points here that I shared in February 2010. Um, wow. Yeah, this was February 2010. This wasn't even 2011. So February 2010. it says the title three things that I would like to share with everyone in helping to instill change and shifting the paradigm here in 2010 right I share this with the entire room Cornell West is on the stage number one yes. <laughs> selflessness giving up our level of comfortability and sacrificing our privilege for their embeddement of our communities and humanity as a whole number two. Finding better ways to identify with today's youth, such as not accepting but finding ways to understand our youth of today because relativity leads to comfortability, which leads to productivity. Inspire. And then number three, expanding global awareness. For example, fully funded programs that would simply encourage students to spend time in another country prior to receiving their bachelor's degree evolve. So looking at this, knowing that I wrote this in February of 2010 and then projecting a year forward specifically on expanding global awareness, although I stayed in the country, I did change Uh, the city I live in I literally did that myself a year later that's how crazy this is I wrote this in 2010 a year later I made the decision to expand my awareness by going to a new city and spending time with students in Miami serving at Miami Edison Senior High School and we'll get into that in a little while so these are the three points I outlined in 2010. We need to strive to be not only successful in our own right, but more importantly, influential in every right. We're better today, but let's become greater tomorrow. Spread love to RU Chapter NAACP, Professor Alrick Brown, Professor William Davis, One of my partners in thought, Eddie Robinson. I don't know about Obama, but this is the age of us as a people. Wow. And look at where we are today. So, again, that's something that I, I felt composed. I felt, not composed, I felt compelled. <laughs> I felt compelled to write this I literally remember Hardenberg. I was in one of my math classes I knew Cornell West was coming and I'm like man I have to share something and this goes back to platform knowing the people the community that Cornell West resonates with and the people that were going to be in that room I'm like I felt so compelled to share something that I feel everyone in that room needed to know. And that's why I came up with those three specific things that we can do collectively to shift the paradigm in 2010. It's so insane, so insane. And I needed to do it. Nothing was going to stop me from delivering this message. It almost felt as though it was heaven sent, literally. Like nothing was going to stop me. I was going to deliver this message and I did. People weren't weren't happy because I didn't ask the question for the Q&A, but I did what I had to do. And forever, it will be etched in history because even me going back and sharing that now says a lot about where we are now and even how I got to where I am now and my thoughts back then and how they align with my thoughts now. So it's... It's very divine, extremely divine. So let's go back to 2011. I moved to Miami. And it was really on a whim. Like, again, I felt compelled to move to Miami. I think compelled is going to be a theme because it's literally the foundation of all of the inflection points through this journey the feeling of being compelled, right? And I felt compelled to move to Miami, so I did whatever I had to do to make it happen. I sold close to two Gs worth of sneakers. All my Jordans I sold, literally. I'm in Miami receiving notifications of Jordans that are selling because I took them all to Flight Club on consignment before I left I remember going into the city before I left for Miami and just putting all my Jordans up for consignment so I was receiving emails and notifications up until probably December of 2011 about my Jordans being sold and this is what helped me to pay the rent while I lived in Miami this is what helped to sustain me living in Miami I didn't even know who my roommates were going to be. All I knew is I was going to be living with three other guys, three other roommates. That happened at the last minute because another guy bailed out. So I took that spot. We lived on Northwest First Avenue in downtown Miami, 33136. 18th floor. I think it was 1805. Travis, my boy Travis knows better than me. I think it was 1805. I think it was. And it was an amazing, amazing, amazing time. The most memorable experience in my life to date was when I lived in Miami. City year was such a rewarding transformative experience because not only did I get the opportunity to work in schools, but for me it was the work outside of the schools that helped to really invigorate the work that we did in the schools. I really enjoyed the volunteer projects on the weekends, getting my hands dirty, beautification, murals, I had the opportunity to step more into leadership and this was a defining moment for me to step into leadership because I was encouraged to do so. I was supported to do so through my program manager Giddy at the time. Shout out to Giddy who helped to present me with the opportunity to speak During our MLK service day in in January of 2012, this was a large opportunity, speaking in front of hundreds of people, hosting in front of hundreds of people. And the support, the belief in me to be able to do that and deliver means so much to this day. That was such a, a transitional moment, a pivotal moment. The support from the entire city year Team, leadership team, Karen, Dan, Seif, Vivian, everyone, everyone. So, I appreciate that and as much as I wanted to stay in Miami, as much as I wanted to stay in Miami, it just didn't work out. Because I was I was planning to stay on as a social media strategist because at the time when I moved to Miami, I stepped back away from music because I didn't want to move equipment down there and I I wanted to just experience something else. But I did bring my camera. At the time I had a Canon T3i, I was taking a lot of shots. I got that in April of 2011 actually, before I went to LA for ASCAP Music Expo, because I wanted to take shots out there. And that's when we can say, I actually got into the, the beginnings of what we can call documenting and storytelling. Really taking photos of the different events I went to. and taking photos of of artists and creatives and just documenting my lifestyle. I think that's that's where we can say that, for me, storytelling really began through the medium of photography. And I did the same in Miami. And I built a reputation off of that. I documented and shot a lot of the events and fundraisers and galas that we did. And to this day, I believe I have over 5,000 photos from my days just documenting and shooting and through that not only was I documenting and shooting but I was active on social media I would post the photos on on Facebook and that's when I would really use the 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 brand the hashtag a lover's ambition that's essentially when I started branding right a lover's ambition because every time i posted a photo i would use a lover's ambition lovers ambition lifestyle group and that real quick speaking of a lover's ambition that takes me back to july of 2010 where a lover's ambition was created july nineteenth, two 2010 and this of course is a huge moment because a lover's ambition is essentially what I consider the the essence of everything that I do today and for those of you who may not know a lover's ambition came to me so again compelled to go with the name uh, heaven sent, divine because it came to me After I was watching a Brian Michael Cox video on YouTube, and at the end of the video, it had a link to go to his Twitter. So I checked out his Twitter, and after checking out his Twitter, it said a lover of all things that is love. And literally, no more than a second, the first thing that came to mind was a lover's ambition. A lover of all things that is love, a lover's ambition. The will and determination to succeed at whatever it is we love to do in life. A lover's ambition. So I'm like, wow, a lover's ambition sounds amazing. What can I do with that? The first thing I did was I got a Tumblr, <laughs> a loversambition.tumblr.com. I got a Tumblr and I would just post photos of things that I liked cars, clothes, music, whatever looked cool, whatever my aesthetic was at the time, just things that reflect my personality, my interests, my passions. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So from there, that's where we go back to the photography. And I got into taking photos, a lover's ambition, right? And this ties back to social media strategy. I wanted to stay on with City as a social media strategist. That would have been The perfect position for me at the time because I was heavy on social, sharing photos, storytelling, creating captions to describe the moment of those photos. However, that position did not end up opening up. So that's when I made the decision to leave Miami, come back home to New Jersey and re-strategize. So here we are again at a pivot. A moment of re-strategizing, a moment of reflection, a moment of determining what's next. In this moment, I also happen to be working with Dynamic Producer, right? So as I'm coming back from Miami, I get back into music just in another capacity. So I put down the camera and I join Dynamic Producer as a music advisor. Shout out to Felicia, FBI. I've learned so much from from Felicia. When it comes to communication and etiquette, email etiquette, relationship building, essentials, I would say Felicia's responsible for at least, at least 60% of that. I learned a lot through City Air, but even before City Air, I was with Dynamic Producer In another capacity so when we when I think of spreadsheets I think of Felicia when I think of organization I think of Felicia when I think of LinkedIn yes LinkedIn 2011 2012 I think of Felicia Felicia right when when I think of my goal of getting 500 plus connections on LinkedIn, because that's what all the music executives had. And that was my goal. I think of Felicia. When I think of hustle, I think of Felicia. When I think of grind, I think of Felicia. FBI, shout out to FBI. Elena, Elena stand up. She She's based in Georgia. And yeah, so... I re-strategize, come back home, September, August, September 2012, I'm also involved in Cornerstone Agency, like the hustle is real, the hustle is real, it's like looking back on this now is is insane, because while I was in Miami, I was involved in Cornerstone Agency, I went out to Austin while I lived in Miami, South by Southwest, 2012, shout out to the farm team. Q, D, Cherish, shout out to everyone. That was an insane experience. Crashing like, <laughs> like Wu-Tang in, in, in the hotel room, like just grinding, getting it done. I remember me and Cornell like waking up, Not we didn't even go to sleep, just middle of the night, like, yo, this is popping, let's check out this, this party with Ashley Outrageous. Let's check out this party with two dope boys. Like yo, we were, we were running, we were in the street, we were hitting it hard, 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 hard. And that's what makes me who I am today. A lot of people don't know this. A lot of people don't know this, but those who have ran with me, put in work with me, they know, they know that the work ethic is real. They know the grind is real. They know the mindset is real. Like they know. So it's, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy how I'm putting this all together now. Dynamic producer, September 2012, I was a music advisor and I remember traveling. We, we wanted to do, Felicia wanted to do a show, The Come Up. Where we document producers and their grind and their come up, literally. So, I was away. I was on the road for like a month. And, and that in itself was a phenomenal experience as well. We pretty much traveled through um, the East Coast. Most of the East Coast. We, we, touched, we hit Philly. We hit Ohio. We hit the DMV. Maryland, Virginia, uh, Baltimore, D.C. We hit that entire area, and then we made our way down to Atlanta. And we were in Atlanta for like two weeks, where we literally had a house set up with producers creating. Uh, we, We had segments where we invited different music industry professionals to come out and listen to the producers' music. Shout out to Brittany King. I remember meeting her through that. And yeah, it was, again, a great experience. I met so many people. To this day, I'm still in touch with a majority of the people that I met. And that was a high for me as well. That was a high for me. Just being in Atlanta, being in the music scene, you know, handling logistics, being in a role in a position of leadership. Music producers looking at looking at me for leadership and advice, you know, remembering the moment sitting in the basement, sitting in a room, just really kicked back and getting to know one another when the cameras are off. I feel some of the some of the moments that truly need to be captured are the moments where the cameras are off because those are the moments that the realest conversations happen. And I remember that. I remember that. And you know, as I'm speaking about this, it kind of takes me to my days at SeaBurger as well. And we'll get into that because literally that's that's a Seven-year difference, right? Because Seaburger comes in 2019. We're only in 2012 now. So 2012, come back from that. And again, you know, reality strikes. What am I going to do for a living? I have to make money now, right? That was a little bit of money, but it wasn't enough to sustain. And I come back. My mother has always encouraged me to pursue a career in education, And my mother and sister helped me to do what I needed to do to become a substitute teacher. So I'm back in New Jersey, living in Piscataway. I become a substitute teacher. I start subbing for New Brunswick Public Schools. Hurricane Sandy happens. This is October 2012. So I don't start subbing until November 2012. My first assignment as a substitute teacher was ISS in school suspension at New Brunswick Middle School. That experience allowed me to build a reputation for myself because, of course, if you can hold down ISS, you could hold down any any classroom in the school. So that's what I did. I built the reputation as a substitute teacher that led to receiving a lot of requests from different teachers and building relationships with different teachers because when they are absent they want someone who can hold down the classroom someone who can do what needs to be done and someone who could keep the room clean and organized and in a better condition than it was when before i got there right so i always aim to to make everything better than it was when i got there so i i I did that for seven years um actually let's see five years i was a sub for five years sorry so i did that for five years on and off i took a step back from subbing a year later in 2013 so september 2013. i'm like you know what I'm not really feeling this. I'm gonna take a step back. Plus I need some more money because I moved into the apartment I live in right now in New Brunswick. I moved into New Brunswick in August of technically signed my lease, September of 2013, right? So a year later, I moved into my own apartment and substitute teaching was not going to be enough to sustain my lifestyle. So I remember doing a short gig, working a wedding. That gave me some money for a wedding event. That was pretty good, but again, sustainability. That wasn't sustainable. So my boy squeezed Darnell. Shout out to Darnell, God brother. Uh, And Darnell encouraged me to work at Dish Network. He was doing sales. He's like, it's good money. So he helped me to get that job and I worked there from, I believe, October 2013 or November 2013 to August of 2014. So I worked there, did sales, had a lot of highs and lows. Sales is a lot of highs and lows. And, you know, my highs were good, lows were difficult. It was a long commute, I was commuting from New Brunswick to essentially um, Parsippany in that area, I forget the exact name. I think Pine Brook was the exact name. And then we moved to um, Rose, Rose something, Roseland, I think, Roseland, New Jersey, which is near West Orange off the Garden State Parkway. And it was still about a 40, 45 minute commute and it just became tiring and I felt disconnected. I didn't feel fulfilled. So again, we talk about cycles and this was one of my downwards downward cycles, not feeling fulfilled, not feeling happy. The similar feeling I had prior to joining City Air towards the end of my tenure at Home Depot, just not feeling fulfilled, not feeling happy, wanting to do more. And it got to the point where in the summer of 2014, I remember going to work and eating lunch in my car during the summer and just feeling disconnected, not feeling happy. And I felt pretty terrible, to be honest, I felt very low, I was depressed and I knew I needed. A change I knew I needed to change so much so that in August of 2014 it was a Friday I don't remember the exact date it was a Friday I remember waking up and walking walking into my bathroom and just looking in the mirror just like we look in the mirror in the morning before we brush our teeth and wash our face we look at ourselves in the mirror and we may question ourselves we may ask certain things we may tell ourselves certain things positive or negative affirmations dreams things that we can get better at i looked at myself in a mirror and i said to myself today is it i'm putting in my two weeks that's it i'm not doing this anymore yes i was in a position where I could make that decision because at the time I had enough money saved up where I can transition back to substitute teaching with the endeavor and focus of wanting to now become a teacher. So I knew what I didn't want, which was to continue working sales at at Dish Network, which enabled me to work on moving into something that I did want. And I was finally focused and committed to pursuing a career as an educator. That's what I did once, so I made that decision. I locked in on that decision. So I left Dish Network on good terms. I worked with a lot of good people there. Shout out to Khalif, shout out to Joshua, shout out to my whole team there. And I worked with a lot of people and a lot of good people However, it just wasn't for me. And I'm sure that the people I work with knew it wasn't for me. There was something else, something else for for me to do. So I left to pursue education. And I told everyone there that. And then, you know, everyone supported me with that decision. So I want to say it's always great. It's always good to leave on good terms. We have to leave on good terms. I always encourage that. I always practice that, leaving on good terms. So I did that. I returned to subbing. This was September 2014. Started subbing with a whole nother perspective. I felt good. I felt I felt good being in the schools now. It felt right. I I I had more of a, an appreciation for it, and in doing that. I was still hustling, still working on other endeavors. I think at the time I was involved with Theon Music Publishing with my boy, Matt, helping to get that off the ground. And I was overseeing A&R, so discovering artists and things of that nature. I was working with Vision, right? Donald, and he worked at W Hotels at the time. So we connected. And through my work in music, I helped to curate talent and discover and find artists to perform at what was called W Speaker Box, which started in Miami, W Hotel, South Beach, where we would essentially discover and and find artists, upcoming emerging artists who would perform at various South Beach properties. So that's an opportunity that stays on my resume and says something and something that i appreciated being a part of just knowing that the love for music discovery and helping to provide opportunities for artists who are emerging in their career and put them on a platform such as w hotels that's a global platform it's an amazing opportunity so working with artists like kyle dion and darren alexis and Brika was an amazing experience for me, and I'm sure that opportunities like this will continue to come. Right? So, this was 2014, 2015, pretty steady year, subbing 2016, same thing. Um, that's the year I lost my sister. My sister, my, one of my older sisters passed away, Renetta Salima Harris. Again, rest in power. So that was a very up and down year. Uh, let's see, I forgot about Uber. I started doing Uber along with subbing. So when I went back to subbing in September 2014, I also did Uber. So technically I was subbing, doing Uber, side hustles, Ponfion Music Publishing, W Hotels. Literally, the grind was real that's what makes me who I am today so 2016 yeah up and down year. Uber lost my sister end of 2016 uh, let's see April 2016 I finally passed the praxis after taking it like three or four times so that was a high that was in April literally February March literally two months after losing my sister I received that good news Um, not too far from, I think I surprised my mother on Mother's Day with that news, actually. And so I'm progressing through that year, doing Uber over the summer, moving to December 2016. I think that's when I officially got my CE, Certificate of Eligibility, because I had to take some additional tests. I had to pass some additional tests that were unforeseen. So I took care of that business. See, anything else in 2016? I think that covers everything. 2017 was a, another pivotal year for me. I can't remember the top of 2017 that much, but I do remember subbing a lot at Roosevelt at the time because I was offered a substitute, long-term substitute teaching position At Livingston but at the time I decided that that wasn't the best fit for me so that's when I decided subbing to sub more at Roosevelt to build a reputation there build relationships there and I did that from about January to the end of the school year I think that's the first year I attended the field day there so I was literally there like almost every day walking to sub there, taking positions there, and I've really built a sense of community there as a substitute. And over the course of the summer, I remember, actually in May, I remember reaching out to the principal at the time, Ms. Gonzalez Lugo, and just following up, letting her know that I'm certified, I'm looking for full-time positions. If they are looking for anyone to fulfill a position for teachers to hire, please let me know. And that same day, she, she let me know that at that time, unfortunately, it wasn't a good time because this was a time where teachers were being uh, what we call rift and contracts were not being renewed. So I understood that. And over the course of the summer, while I was doing Uber, I, I followed up with her, I believe in July, just to reach out and follow up on a assignment that I saw posted, so that's why I followed up. I saw that there was an assignment posted for maybe a third or fourth grade teacher. I applied for that assignment. I followed up to let her know that I applied for the assignment. And she told me that there's a fifth grade opening that I should apply for. And in my mind, I'm like, that's perfect. I would love to teach fifth grade because I've already been acclimated to middle school. and. Being that I was certified to only teach at the elementary school level, technically K-6, to I always prefer the higher range of that. So for me, fifth grade was perfect. So I applied, I interviewed, I got the position, full-time position, signed my contract, I believe August 30th, 2017, started teaching in September of 2017 huge 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 pivotal moment for me years and years of work this is where i felt i need to be finally pursuing a career literally this is my first career my first salary job at the age of 30 right 30 years old first salary position and uh, i'll be 100% Hundred percent transparent. Fifty-two, I think fifty-two thousand, fifty-three thousand, around there. Fifty-three thousand as a full-time teacher. Twenty seventeen. So I just lock in, lock in. Twenty seventeen. Focus on teaching. Nothing else. No other distractions. Let's see. Twenty. Actually, <laughs> it's crazy. So August twenty seventeen is when I got involved with Driven Society. So I was working with them. Uh, Cure curating, helping to create articles for the podcast. So that's a lie. <laughs> I was I was still side hustling and I was I was working with Driven Society. I met the D S team in August 2017. 2017. Shout out to Franz who introduced me to Trav and Natalia. So I, I really started what I'm building with them in August of 2017, literally right before I started teaching. So, still hustling, can't help it, sorry. I stopped Uber though. I stopped Uber once I started teaching. So again, knowing what to drop, knowing what to hold on to. So I dropped Uber, I was teaching, doing Driven. We move into 2018, same thing. Wrap up the school year. Let's see, 2018, anything else, stands out i uh, really finished up the school year, um, moving into 2018. My work with Driven has led me to doing work with Who's Your Landlord at the OFO, who's the founder, CEO, and Kelly. They did the Take Ownership podcast, so Franz introduced me to them because of the work I did with Driven. So I took that work with Driven, applied it to Who's Your Landlord, and I worked with them up until, I would say March or April of 2019. So this is another huge pivotal moment for me when we look at December of 2018 into January of 2019. So this is where the, the burger journey starts, right? January of 2019, Myself, my good friend Nick, my friend Dan, who's the founder of Seaburger, we sit down. Myself and Nick went to the grand opening at Seaburger, which is a vegan restaurant, vegan burger shop, the people's burger shop, as Dan would say now, here in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I believe January 18th, 2019, is when their grand opening was. It was a Friday. And the level of energy in that store for grand opening was at a next level. I remember me and Nick sitting in the back corner and just observing, feeling the energy and it's like, yo, we have to be a part of this. Because for a minute, there have been little hints at, at the, the team at the time, everyone, his family at the time, wanting us to join Seberg in some capacity. We just wasn't sure how. And it wasn't until after grand opening that we spoke to Dan like, yo, let's sit down, let's have a talk. Let's see if we can work something out. So that was a Friday, we had the discussion on Sunday and we decided to join the team officially as partners. And right after I got sick, so I don't, I can't remember exactly what my first day was but I think the end of January into February, joined Seaburger as a partner. And working with Dan, his family, was a great experience for me of course there are always going to be ups and downs that's the nature of running a business however there's nothing that i would regret from this experience it was a transformational experience for me really having a part to be really having a opportunity to be a part of a brick and mortar business I mean a lot of what I've done to date I, I never really like even working with music I wasn't working in or at a record label I wasn't going back and forth to an office so really having the opportunity to be a part of a business and have a location an actual store to go to and represent, it meant a lot. It meant a lot for me in regards to learning the business, learning how things run, operate, financials, onboarding team members, leadership, meetings. Like I love this stuff, I love this stuff. And this was my real first touch of it, the first tangible touch of it. Actually being a part of a team, creating a vision living towards a mission, fulfilling a mission, serving people, serving the community, the conversations I've had with our customers, the conversations I've had with my partners, my team members, is is very like invaluable, invaluable, my time there, invaluable. So I was at Seaburger for six months, I exited in July and again right cycles again cycles so going back to starting Seaburger the up cycle of of feeling compelled right I was compelled to join there was nothing that was going to prevent me from not joining Seaburger it aligned with my lifestyle as a being plant-based being raised plant-based And I'm like, this is the the prime opportunity to merge my passion for business and my passion for mindfulness and wellness and and health and eating and the plant-based lifestyle. So there was nothing that was going to stop me from joining Seberg and being a part of that mission. So I gave it a shot. We gave it a run. We had a good run, a long run. Um, Well, I can't say long. It was only six months. But we had a phenomenal run. A phenomenal run, great experience, and to this day still relationships that will, I feel, last a lifetime. And I exited in July and, you know, had time to reflect and think. And again, I'm still teaching, right? So amid all of this, I'm still teaching. And developing my craft as a teacher, developing my relationships as a teacher. And September 2019, last year, going into my third year. So third year, again, you know, right now because I'm no longer at Seaburger, my plate's not as heavy. Have a lot of time to just focus on teaching, focus on working within education, and That's what I do, Uh, set the year of strong expectations, organization, systems, and I would say, hands down, this has been the strongest year I've had as a teacher, just in in regards to leadership, in regards to accountability, in regards to instructional accountability and leadership. Myself, my presence in the classroom, my comfort in the classroom, being a leader in the classroom being a leader in the community being a leader throughout stepping into leadership more leadership positions throughout the district here in new brunswick garnering more and more support from district leadership school leadership it's it's been phenomenal it's been phenomenal and that takes us to where we are now right september 2019 we move into a new year january 2020 next thing you know march bang we're hit, everything stops, coronavirus, virtual instruction. And here we are now, in June of 2020. A few months after virtual instruction, the economy's talking about opening back up on Monday. And I am here, just reflecting, thinking about the years that have gotten me to where I am today. 15 years deep Still creating still building Still dreaming Recording this love and ambition a digital diary This idea came to me Last month May 22nd Friday 842 a.m. I'm looking at it on a poster right now. So this was this is a product of the world having to slow down We Love Hub City, I forgot to talk about that. That was May 2016, right? So not too far after losing my sister in 2016, creating We Love Hub City, a platform aimed at promoting positivity and inspiring the city of New Brunswick through bridging the gap between business, community, culture, education, government. My work with that platform, creating that platform was instrumental in me joining the c burger team my connection to the community right so making those connections i finally created a logo for that last month or so so again covid19 leading to me sitting down being creative and just getting things done i'm like let me just get this logo done driven society I will be doing more work with DS on the team now as a community manager, helping to host events. Ideate, come up with names and, and themes and ways to engage the Driven Society community. Moved by Music, video series. I wanted to, again, incorporate my love for music into something that I can do today, although I'm not creating I've been moved by music. I'm moved by music in so many different ways. Music has played a instrumental role in my aesthetic, my view of culture, my view of entertainment, media, how I dress, my influences. So, so many tracks I wanna share from emerging artists that just moved me, that are super dope. So I came up with that series for Instagram, IGTV, Moved by Music. I just partnered with Civic League to create a Instagram live series that I host entitled Community Voices. And that was the idea of Sean, shout out to Sean Hewitt. Our relationship started back when I was a substitute at New Brunswick Middle School. So again, looking at how relationships begin looking at the genesis and inception of relationships right so when i subbed at new brunswick middle school we did a mentorship program with middle school students and through that i got to know sean sean got to know me and here we are several years later working together working together to help promote the work that we're doing in the community interview community leaders talk about the importance of community and connection and really help to spread and raise awareness for our community organizations here in the city of New Brunswick so that's powered by the Civic League so these are a few things that I've been working on as of late and I'm sure that I'll be working on a lot more in the future so 15 years deep 15 years deep this is the work i'm sure i missed something i had to have missed something but this is the work this is the work whoever's listening to this and made it through over an hour this is the work this is the work we must love it we must adore it we must know that it takes one step one step at a time one interaction at a time one relationship at a time we must Covet and cherish those relationships and treat everyone with respect. And always look to learn and listen. We learn so much through listening. We must put in the work. 15 years deep and counting. We must put in the work. It does not happen overnight. That's why I wanted to record this. It does not happen overnight. I wanted to share my journey. Be as transparent as possible so that moving forward, anyone who wants to know about me, I will point them to this one recording. This may be my best recording to date, my most detailed recording to date, 15 years deep. Let's think about it, 2005 to 2020, 15 years deep. Nothing's a coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. There's a reason why we're slowed down right now. There's a reason why I'm even in my room at 12.27 p.m. when I would typically be getting ready to go on lunch break. And I wouldn't even have the opportunity to record this message if it wasn't for this moment. How insane is that? Everything happens for a reason. So with that being said, again, 15 years deep. Let's keep putting in the work. Let's keep everything in perspective. Let's not give up on ourselves. Let's keep pushing. Aquaus Kelly, Love and Ambition, a digital diary. Much peace, much love, much happiness. Enjoy the weekend.